What's happening, Mac? I'm happy to be here. Happy to be with you. It's dogs in this warm house. Man, it feels really good. Absolutely. And it's speaking of warm times, it's that time of year. It's Thanksgiving, my it man. It is that time of year. What do you? I mean, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the pups. I'm thankful for the podcast. Off the top of your head, give me something you're thankful for. All those things. Bingo. My health. Okay. My mom. Okay. Uh, our players. I'm thankful for all of those things. Yeah. Everything, man. I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, to get together and speak about Thanksgiving. Absolutely. So uh, it's a time of year we always, it's kind of neglected. You know, it's between Christmas and Halloween. It's not as fun as Halloween. You don't get presents like Christmas. But I really think uh, when you wrap it all together and put a big bow on it, it's the holiday that probably means the most to folks. It's, it's my it's, favorite. Um, it's the time when you get together and you share thoughts, you share uh, stories, yes. um, a meal. You know what I mean? And you, you kind of put the, uh, your your grudges and things aside for Thanksgiving. And uh, we also got the Egg Bowl. We got that. Which makes it tough. Which this year may be a game of Monopoly for most folks. It might be a pat on the back. You know, maybe we. It's good to see you, good man. To see you, yeah. I think there's a game tonight. Hey, you got some guys that are pretty good over there. You know. Let me say this. Before we hop all into that. Because I'm fixing to find out about it, yeah. Um, it will get hotter over the next week. Oh, pff, ain't no Everybody's doubt. cool right now, man. And then everybody will fake pretend be cool on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday before. Thursday morning rolls around. Everybody gets a belly full. It's rivalry time. By 5 o'clock Thursday night, we'll all be trying to kick each other's ass. That's, 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 that's so right. For sure. That's so right. Well, man, Thanksgiving is a time of tradition. So tell, why don't you tell me the traditions of the of the Holland family on Thanksgiving? Okay. Uh, me personally. Yeah. In my new capacity, uh, just not to dive over into Christmas, but the big holidays, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Labor Day, you know, the, the ones that, that most working Americans get off for. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to say people get buried on those days. No, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, they actually, the public is very, very kind to the funeral business Good. as far as somebody dies the day before Thanksgiving, they're not going to say, hey, let's have the let's funeral speed tomorrow. this thing yeah, up. Yeah, you know, it, it, but, but it happens. People die. It does, yeah. Uh, I will spend, I have spent every other major holiday on call. Okay. So I don't get to have as much, but there's always a meal uh, involved. Uh my mom, amongst the other many great things that she does, is a phenomenal cook. She you is a, ain't lied about that. She, she is did. a southern woman's gentle, daughter. Gentle chef. lady. She, uh, her mother can cook. My dad's mother can cook. Uh, you know, uh, I, the one meal I will miss this year, um, on the family side of things, my Aunt Sandra passed uh, this past August. I remember that, yeah. And uh, she always had her side of the family. She over was my your mom's, mom's sister. My mom's right? sister. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and she won't mind me saying this because she's in heaven right now and she could laugh about this, but she was she, a horrible cook. That's funny. Uh, but we all did enjoy going to her house, and you know, the the further you get away from her passing, the better cook she'll be. Yeah, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll remember the one thing she did. My mother was a terrible cook. God rest her soul. The, the, the but food, I remember the few the two things she made well. You know what I mean? Oh so, yeah, exactly. And and the the my aunt Sandra specifically, the food she always cooked, she cooked right. But she never salted anything. Mm. So, like, if you got green beans, so she's from England. It was, yeah, it was just really <laughs> bland. But you know, it was the thought, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, obviously, really excited for my my the, whatever my mother cooks. Uh, I can tell you that on the my dad's side of things, we don't do Thanksgiving because the family's so large. He has he had five brothers, mm-hmm. uh, and my grandmother used to. We've actually talked her out of this over all these years. She used to uh, cook everything for the whole family. All. 
sons, wives, yeah. grandkids, sisters, all that. Um, now everybody kind of brings something, and she still cooks some. But uh, we do that in between Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's so large. Yeah. And it's so much easier to get together, like, the second week of December, you know, yeah. to, to, to get everybody there because everybody's going off on their separate things. But um, what was it like when you were a kid, kid? like Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving. I can't say too much because I'll preface the Egg Bowl talk with what I'm about to tell you, and then I mm-hmm. want to hear what yours are. As a kid, I was that guy that we're talking about Friday at five or Thursday at five o'clock. Okay. As a matter of fact, this coming Egg Bowl, Thursday the twenty eighth, will be my twenty seventh consecutive Egg Bowl in attendance. Congratulations, 29th, man! That's excuse awesome. Twenty ninth Egg Bowl in attendance. That's re- that's a really cool thing. And it's never anything that I've been like just you know, keeping tickets and put them in a plaque, but it's just something I always do. You keep those memories stowed away. And and it's something that one day when I die, I want to be able to have somebody say, you know, I don't know if it is somebody at that point, and I don't know anybody and all my friends are gone, family's gone, that can say, you know, I didn't know a lot about him, but I know that guy went to 74 Egg Bowls in a <laughs> row. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope I live longer than <laughs> – I hope I live live longer than 79, but Man, maybe not. I ain't been to any in a row right now. I hope I can make it to one pretty soon. I mean, yeah. I've been to so many, but sure. not in a row, you know. Anyway, but. So, what's, your, what's your Thanksgiving tradition? Well, I, so I, I can speak to when I was a kid. Uh, now that I'm older, uh, both my parents have passed. And my grandmother on my mom's side, who was the real ringleader of the holiday, she was like your grandmother. She'd cook everything for everybody. She'd cook that turkey for two or three days, you know, or however. You know, I mean, baste it one day and sure. whatever. They brine it. Bake, bake it, all that stuff. But uh, since, you know, everybody's kind of gone and passed on to my side, I don't really have anybody. My, my siblings have different mother than me. Right. So they go to their mothers, and I don't go over there. Um, but this year I'm going out of town. I just try to find something to do to stay busy. Sure. Uh, but when I was a kid, Thanksgiving was legit. My great-grandmother, Grandma Rennick, lived in Ashland, Mississippi. Nice. And uh, we lived on, she lived on Rennick Hill Road, which is oh, named after the family. That. So, yeah. And uh, it was in an old house that my great grandfather built by his own hands right after the, during the Depression. Uh, it was a, it was a small house. The ceiling was only about six feet tall. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, if you're in one room, you're in another room. You know, the bathroom <laughs> is right by the kitchen, so maybe for some awkward times after lunch. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we would go to my great grandmother's, and it was really neat because everybody would come from. My mother had three sisters so there was four families and you know my cousin greg and all them were my best friends but we had traditions so for instance uh we would get there early in the morning and while the aunts my mom's sisters and all them would go help my great-grandmother and my grandmother cook the uncles and the boys we would all go out and have a skeet shoot nice so there was a big ravine and they would throw shoot you know, skeet, awesome. you know we'd all shoot i was terrible i never won but whoever won got to go in the line first Oh man! So it was always my cousin Lonnie, the oldest, my oldest cousin, and then our second oldest cousin, and then uh, now his son Tyler always wins it. So I'm like, well, damn, I'll never get to go, you know. But that was a cool thing. And then another thing we always did: <clears throat> there was a huge hill, and it was the side of really a, a it looked like it was cut out of the road during the uh, uh, the the Great Depression, you know. When, uh, but, but the TVA is what yeah, they yeah. The CCC, the Civilian yeah, Conservation yeah, Okay, yeah. Yeah, when, they, when they would like build roads and, you know, yeah. and, and clear land, you could tell they built this road out of the side of a hill. So anyway, this hill was pretty much straight up and down, and we would always go climb it. So that was our thing. The younger kids, we would always go climb the hill. One year, I was climbing up the hill, and I got about three-quarters of the way up, and I slipped grabbing a vine. 
and oh, I was Lord. headed down backwards, head over heels, and I was fixing to hit the boulders and die. I mean, seriously, it was it was why my mother ever let us climb this thing was beyond me. She saw a couple of successful trips. Like, oh, they got it. Well, they did it when they were kids, right? You know so what they, I mean? They, yeah. they survived. So it, I was so. fl- I was rolling down the hill, and all of a sudden, like my cousin Greg, who was three or four years older than me, just reached his hand out and grabbed me. Like I was literally like the thing was so up and down the facing of the hill yeah. that I wasn't rolling down the hill. I was literally free falling. Yeah. I mean, he you're just, falling to your death. Yeah. Literally. To, yeah. There was big rocks down below. I was in trouble, but he caught me, but they cut, they put it into that. But, but anyway, after we would finish shooting skeet and then climbing this mountain, we would go back and it was a spread like none other. You know what I mean? It was always so fun. But the, the fun thing that I remember, the little things is all my uncles, we would go in there and my grandmother had a really small living room. Great grandmother had a really small living room in her house, but she had one of those old satellites. There was the huge dish. Yes, Even like outside in the yard. Yeah, up until like the nine, the late nineties. Yeah, you know, she had one of those. So the key was we would always go in there after we would eat and try to find the games. Like was it on G four? Is it on E seven? Yeah, and we'd have to find it. And sometimes it. <laughs> You spend more time trying to find the game than you do Well, sometimes it. with those old-timey, those old, I mean, I'll never forget this. Sometimes with those old-timey satellites, as they're moving, no, they're not like the ones we have now. Those old satellites used to actually move. Yeah, they turn, they circle. And so as they're moving and they're going through transmitters, sometimes like things just pop up on the screen. So as we're sitting there post-Thanksgiving trying to find the Lions game or whoever Always, played on Thanksgiving. The li- yeah. Have the Lions never yeah, got Yeah, we were trying to find like the Lions-Packers game. But it, as that, as that, uh, screen was as the satellite was moving it was couldn't stop what was popping up on the screen it was a hardcore pornographic film in the middle of my great-grandmother's living room and couldn't stop it you know because the thing's moving it just popped up for about five seconds and then it just went away and then the next thing you know the football game was on we just got like the uncomfortableness you know there were no women in there to tell us to cover our eyes so it was just one of those right things but it was always fun but we would always eat the best meals, and really the biggest thing that always happened was the nap. As soon as, as soon as we would eat and find the football game, everybody would be asleep snoring. Sure. But that was always it. You know, and, and I lived in kind of a, 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 a separated home, so I would leave Thanksgiving at Mom's and then go over to Dad's. And sure. Dad's Thanksgiving was always barbecue and a movie. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it was never anything great. But which led me to my Egg Bowl experiences. Nice. My, um. We were all Ole Miss fans for the most part, um, my mom's side. Had a couple of rogue uncles who were state fans, but they never really talked about it much. They weren't real fans, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But the Ole Miss fans would always leave whenever it was in Oxford, and they would go over to the game, you know, whenever. And, um, I guess I can go ahead and tell you my favorite Egg Bowl moment. Awesome. 2000. Yeah, the 2000 Egg Bowl. Deuce McAllister, Romero Miller. Uh, they're in Oxford in the south end zone. It was the last year of the south end zone before they renovated it. And I was sitting down there, and it was raining. As was I. And you were there, and it was raining. And it was a, man, it was a really good game, and it was close. And I had this guy in front of us, and he was clinking everywhere. He would jump up and down and scream for the Rebels, and he would clink, clink, clink. And I looked, and he had 30 Jack Daniels airplane bottles in the front pocket of his jacket. So every time he would cheer for the Rebels, you know, his jacket would clink with all the glass in there. <laughs> but I'll never forget that guy. And uh, when they ran a halfback throwback pass to Romero from Deuce, and they tossed it. And as soon as they tossed it, where we were, where we were at in the south end zone, I saw it like a mile away. I said, he is open. That is a touchdown. Sure enough, man, Deuce, being the all-world athlete that Deuce is, he just threw a Deuce for Heisman. Deuce for Heisman. <laughs> 
Deuce and Smoot. All, all of our guys got some love for Heisman. That's but right. that was – I've been to some fun Egg Bowls, man, but that was my favorite one. It was my the one from my senior year of high school and going with my aunt uh, Brenda and Uncle Gary and my cousin Greg in the rain and not being a big crowd there, but the Rebels winning. It was a big deal. And we were really excited because we – 31-28 final, Yeah, yeah. And that, that place that sealed play the game. And the real cool thing about that was – we knew what was coming. Like we knew this was Romero's last egg bowl because Eli was there. So you know, I mean, it was kind of cool. It was kind of a passing the torch, but that was my favorite egg bowl moment. What about yours? What's your favorite egg bowl moment? Oh man, I'm gonna have to dial back the clock, Brian. But you you have a better history of this. Oh than my me. gosh, there's so many. Everybody would normally think that I would point to '99, and it was amazing. The kick. The kick and the pick and yep. the kick, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. But that was such a blur, I just hardly ever remember it. One of my favorite Egg Bowls, and this is going to sound weird, but I enjoyed last year immensely just because I got to go with my mom. Right. I hadn't been with her in probably 20 years. Uh, and it was fun. State won, so I enjoyed it. But, you know, it, it – it, one of my favorite Egg Bowls that I can ever remember was actually one where I want to say. Well, let me let me, let me start it by saying this because this will this will precursor into my my most heartfelt Egg Bowl, and I think I've told you this story before. Nineteen ninety seven, Tommy Tuberville in Starkville rebs down. Uh, Rebs are down 14-7. They've got the ball with two minutes left. State has bottled the passing game up all night. And then Stuart Patridge led the Rebels on a 79-yard drive. The pride of Mississippi Delta Community College. Moorhead stand up. And I will never forget, our seats never changed when I was a kid. They were in the same spot every time. I know where you're going here. He hit... Um, Corey Peterson? Well, that was what I'm about to talk okay. about. Uh-huh. But the, the, the score was actually a gentleman by the name of John Avery. John Avery. One scored of the, the touchdown to get it between 14-13. One throw, of the they fastest threw, men. Oh, my gosh. He was so fast. They 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 threw the entire drive to get down their two-minute drill-type offense, and then they got to the four, and then they just handed it to John Avery, mm-hmm. and he drug a guy or two and really bullied his way into the end zone. He's a forgotten guy in Ole Miss lore. He was so, he was good. so good. Played in the NFL for a little yeah, while, right? The Dolphins. Dolphins. But he, uh, you know, I was sitting there thinking, okay, hey, we got him. It's overtime. And I'll never forget it from our seats. You could see him as clear as day. It's almost like he was wearing neon. Mm-hmm. I see Tommy Tuberville stick his right arm up, and he was holding two, two fingers, fingers up. And I'm sitting here thinking, we got him. Mm-hmm. There ain't no way. And this was before this play ever even existed, before Tim Tebow. Stuart Patridge, it, Ole Miss was a was a Pat was a under center team. They were, and he got in a shotgun. And of course, I wasn't old enough to realize the formation of what was going on. Who do they think they are? The New York Jets? Exactly. <laughs> but they they you know they put Peterson out you know from tight end into the slot. Germantown High School stand up. They they you know they split Avery out wide. I'm like, what are they doing? Is he going to run this? And I remember Mario Hagen was sitting there, and he was getting the crowd so jacked. Mm-hmm. And he blitzed like absolutely. It was Jolie Dunn, you know. Of course, house, he, didn't have, he didn't even have shoes on. The the, the the house was coming from the three yard. Two line. down linemen, nine blitzers. <laughs> well, 
I remember Stuart Patridge got the ball. And I swear to you, and to this day, I feel like this was a design quarterback draw. He takes off toward the line, and he kind of looks up and is like, oh, God, there's Baron Simpson, there's Mario Higgins. I'm not getting through that. And he just pokes his head up and raises that left arm and throws a little teardrop right into Corey Peterson's arm as Pig Prather tackles him into the end zone as a freshman. And I'm telling you – I know, Zeke, it bothered me too. But I've never felt more deflated after a ball game in my life as a fan than I was that one, as far as football is concerned. Right. There's other basketball we'll tell about during basketball season. But that moment right there is my most memorable Egg Bowl moment. Now, my favorite Egg Bowl, Derek Pegues. I was about to say, that's my the, least favorite. The, the punt return, yeah. I th- the, the bad calls by Ed Ogeron, not yeah. to, you know, I, I thought that was – State was dominated the whole game. Ole Miss's defense just had uh, – I mean, poor – God, man, poor. We had uh, pros on our side. Oh, my God. State was just, you know, it was. It, Tyson it was, Lee playing quarterback? Yes. It How? Was, actually, Wesley Carroll. That's right, yeah. Was, not as was, not even as good as Tyson Lee. Exactly. Uh, and, man, I'm telling you, it was it was such a crap game. And then they, <laughs> they returned that kick. I thought Pegues was going to be a pro, by the way. I did, too. He was just a little tiny. He was small. Yeah. wasn't quite fast enough, but he was a ball player. But he really was. That was probably my favorite because I was there, and it was just like, oh, my God, how are we going to win this game? And we were already bowl eligible because that was cream. You beat, beat Bama, and, you know, it was, you know, but still. Was uh, the next year we won 45 to nothing? Yes. Yeah, that's my and favorite. And that was one – I can tell you this. I went with I went with Ole Miss fans. Yeah. And uh, it was my, went with my buddy Will. And Jevin Sneed, and, right? That was his first year. I could tell you Nuts. Nut. Yeah. Nut. We, ooh, yeah. And and he had all the back back cotton balls, juniors man. and seniors. Michael Orr, Greg Hardy. Oh. And I'm t- you could tell from the opening snap. And that year snowballed on state. I mean, it was bad for them. Jarek Sherrod got hurt the first yeah. game. Or Der- Jamar Chaney, Chaney was lost for the year. Some pros. Derek Sherrod was, was out for that game. And it was just as soon as the ball was snapped, Ole Miss took it down and scored in three plays. Well, nothing you can do about it. And then uh, Ole Miss blitzed three. They blitzed Hardy. Um, I can't think of the other two, but they St- Chris Strong. Uh, they, they blitzed three players and got pressure and just du- – I, I think they had 13 sacks. Chris Strong, man, I thought he was going to be good. He got too chubby to play linebacker, yeah, I think. he did. It's okay. But I'm telling you. But that game, he was awesome. That game, I will never, ever forget just because it, they broke Brandon McCray's leg. Not on mm-hmm. purpose, obviously. Yeah, but maybe. Uh, well, that was another egg bowl. I know. That actually yeah, I know. Recently. That's what I was talking about, yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, man, I, we left in the second quarter. I, Will and, and his parents stayed. I said, Will, I – Sorry, dog. He, he said, yeah, I know, man. He's always been a real quarter right. fan, you know. Like, I, he's been the start for me when State's won big. And he's like, man, you care if I get him. Yeah. Happy. Well, I'll say this. I'll never go to another Ole Miss football game in Starkville. It's really um, – it's a tough experience as an opposing fan – now, 15 years ago, it was easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the early part of the 2000s, it was kind of like you were talking about. It was, you know, we both really wanted to win. We talked a little trash. But, man, at the end of the day, the football game, yeah, you know. Since the Dan Mullen era, it has become a little bit more vitriol, toxic. toxic. And, and Hugh Freeze really hurt that, too, because he was the oh, same. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he poked he, the bear, he, too. He poked the bear. And uh, him being a Mississippi guy, he understood what it meant. What it meant. Um I think Houston Nutt being an SEC guy, he understood what it meant. Ed Orgeron didn't necessarily get it. 
And that's the thing. And Croom didn't. And, and coaches that have longevity at their schools or success, you know, Hughes' longevity was because it was on a, un, undoing. Uh, and Dan left. But sure. the, the coaches that have success at each university are the ones who really understand the rivalry. And and can go a little 500 or better yeah. in that rivalry. I, th- I think Dan Mullen may have been 6-3, and 5-4. and four. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he wanted enough to where – he wanted to win it enough to right. where everybody knew that, and and I think Freeze was the same way, obviously. So and and the thing, the cool thing I liked about Dan was he won the ones when even he didn't have his best year, like the Tyson yeah. Lee year when they were five and seven. Mm-hmm. When I mean, nobody fifty years from now, other than McKinley Holland at his seventy ninth straight Egg Bowl, <laughs> uh, nobody is going to remember that State went, f- that State didn't go to a bowl game, right. But they'll remember the Egg Bowl. Absolutely. I mean, you know what I mean? They'll remember that, you know, that one year. Well, you know. and just to add a different, interesting perspective on it, this one thing I love about living in this town, this is probably the only town or large-sized city in, in Mississippi that is pretty down the middle. Right down the middle, yeah. You know, like, I mean, you could say, I mean, there's so many places, like even little towns, you're like, oh, okay, well, we know West Point's a state town. We know Batesville's an Ole Miss town. You know, like, like there's so many like I would even like Jackson. Jackson's yeah. an Ole Miss. Town, I've always thought you know? Pontotoc is an Oxford lean. A lean, uh, yeah, it's a lean. closer. Yeah. You know, it, it makes sense. More it's, of the folks went to college there. Now it's 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 close to similar, but I think it's a little bit of an Oxford lean. I think so. I think so. There's a Probably lot of neutral 60, fans that wind up being Ole Miss fans in in Pontotoc just because it's closer. It makes sense and, to root for. And we can be real. If you're a college age kid and you don't really have a a sport rooting interest, if you end up going to Ole Miss or go to Mississippi State. The party's a little different. You, know, uh, sure. you know what I mean? Like sure. the game atmosphere. Absolutely. Now, what's going on in the junction is awesome. Don't get me, don't get oh, me wrong. Oh, yeah. But it's just different. You know 100%. what I mean? It is. It it's is. 100, and it's I, 100% and a lot of people true. prefer that. And I can be honest with you, as an Ole Miss guy, I prefer the state party. Really? I like my blue jeans and my polo and my tennis yeah. shoes. And, you know, I like going to cowbells later. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I'm not a highfalutin kind of guy. Right. I mean, you know, I, I like to have show a little class, but I'm not classy. You know, I'm not an elitist. And sometimes I feel like, man, I don't have to have chandeliers. I just need some good sausage balls. You, you know, know what I mean? And I, I'll say this just, just on the other side of the coin. I've never been a, a Grove type of person, but I've always respected it. because I, I love was, it. I will say this. As much as I'm not a big tailgater. I had a really fun tailgate in college. And then a few years after college, mm-hmm. where my close personal friends I went to state with, we really enjoyed it. Still do sometimes. I don't go to every game, obviously. Uh, during the Mullen years, I never missed a game. You know, it was, it was yeah, I'll be yeah, there. So, you know, much see, I get season much tickets. TV, yeah. But um, I've always had a very – as I get older, I'll say, I have a high amount of respect for the Grove because it, it is it is the birthplace of college football tailgating. It really is. I really believe It's that. the mecca. It's the best. Anybody, even the teams that have been more successful, your Alabamas, LSUs, Miamis, Floridas, Ohio States of the world, they tailgate the way they do because Ole Miss has tailgated like that yeah, forever. Yeah, for I sure. I do believe that. The old adage is true. We may not win every game, but we never lost a party. And that's, that's correct. That, I, I hate that people uh, – I, mean, I don't hate it. Um, I, it kind of sucks that that is kind of one of the things that Ole Miss is known for, but let's just be real. It, it is what it is. Yeah. We never lost a party. Um, I Speaking of that 2000 Egg Bowl, I remember walking back and uh, some young fraternity guy had too much fun, and he was laid out in the grove, like not passed out, coherent. But all he kept saying was, go Rebs, go Rebs. We were like, hey, man, are you okay? Do we need to call an ambulance? Do we need to get some cops over here? And all he could say was, go Rebs. <laughs> that Stuart Patridge game, a funny side note on that, I've told you this before. 
I don't think I said this on the radio, and I won't say it in full here, but uh, we rode in the Mississippi State float during the Christmas parade, oh, me and my mom. Yeah. And there was the Tupelo this, Christmas parade? Tupelo Christmas parade. And, you know, Mississippi State had a float on Miss yeah. had a float. And, you know, when the state float would ride by, all the state fans would ring their cowbells and, you know, throw candy canes at, you know, whatever. And the Ole Miss would come, you We'd know, throw dollars at it. <laughs> Diamonds. <We'd> cheat. <laughs> Chicken on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Faulkner novels. <laughs> Take this light in August and shove it up. <laughs> well, there was this guy. And and my mom is always so just just a classy lady, and she you know she was she I'll, I'll say this my mom is more into this rivalry than I am. She now. is, she is, and I love that I love that about her because she loves sports. But uh, I'll never forget this old bearded, drunk, long haired, skinnered, roadie looking guy. Oh, I thought it was might have been one of the guys from ZZ Top. <laughs> he, literally. But he had that old Colonel Reb powder blue, white, and red starter jacket and tattered jeans. Sure, that's what my uncle Gary <laughs> may have been. <laughs> may have been somebody I was related I know, to right. that just didn't know where they were. But you're, I remember you're, you're Dave Holland. We were Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Dave. We were riding by, and we rode by a big section of Ole Miss fans, mm-hmm. and they were just kind of throwing jabs at us. Hey, Stuart Patrick. Yeah, two points, riverboat game, you know. And my mom was being so classy. Of course. And she said, Merry Christmas, Rebels. Hey, Merry Christmas, Rebel. You know, yada, yada, yada. And I was almost in tears. I was bo- I was just boiling up, and I wanted to just throw You're a grenade. such a super fan. I right wanted there. to throw a grenade in the middle of these people. Well, this one guy kept at it. He kept at it so much that he was walking with the parade oh, following our, our – He was showing out. And just kept, he kept saying it. 15, 14, 15, 14. Yada, yada. And, 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 and I was just like, Mom. And she just kept saying, Mac, he's drunk. Don't say anything. Well, finally, she was kind of looked the other way and started throwing candy canes. And he got up about five feet from me. And, I, I mean, he was so drunk that he didn't know he was talking to a kid. But he just screamed out about three feet from up. He goes, 15, 14. And he, like saliva was coming out of his mouth onto my jacket. The word of God. And that was, my turn, that was my turning point. And for the first time in my life, I was probably 11 or 12 years old. Did you cuss a grown man? I looked at him, and I said the worst word you can say in the unofficial English lexicon. And it's the first time my mother had heard me say it. The one begins with an F? Yeah. And I looked at this guy. I said, hey, man, you. And my mother grabbed the back of my hair, and I'm telling you, you would have thought, Oh, I just saw this happen in my mind's eye. Every bit of that I just saw happen. But I say that to bring this part up. And you and I have talked about this on the radio and on the podcast. I want this to be a rivalry. Me too. On the field. Mm. There's no reason why 60,000 people, depending on where you are this year, 40,000 in maroon, Twenty thousand in red and blue. It's playing. Ox- it's playing Starville this year, right? Starville. So forty thousand in maroon and it's gonna be about it. Yeah, you're. I mean, well, I think we'd send back tickets this year. Just being honest. Well, a lot, there's a lot of state fans that send back tickets <laughs> too. <laughs> but but I say this: last year, it hurts it when it's on a Thanksgiving day and both teams aren't good. Yeah, that, okay. You know yeah, that was yeah. the reason to put it on Thanksgiving Day is because yeah. when teams were good, man, it was mm-hmm. so much. It was fun. it was national. Television. I like it better on Thanksgiving Day. It was the game. Nobody cared about the NFL when both teams were good. 
But last year I had the worst experience and the best experience. I, had, I loved it right. because I went with my mom, stayed yeah. one. We had a good time. It was enjoyable. And it was in Oxford, right? It was in Oxford. Yeah. But as the game ended, there was a drunk, probably five, six years younger than me. And I'm not saying this. I was hoping it was, it was the same old guy from the parade. No, in that would have been unreal. <laughs> you remember him. I'd have bought that guy a cab. Oh. Probably sold him, made him a good deal on a pre-need in a coffin but his age. <laughs> At this point, yeah, he's probably 80. But, no, uh, it was a guy, and he was with his dad, Ole Miss fans. You could tell they were kind of well-to-do, big peacoat jackets. And, you know, he uh, he's walking out of the stadium when the game was solidified, when it was when it was for sure that State was going to win. It was, it was a were play. Like 17 points, right? Two scores? Yeah, yeah. well, there was a, Ole Miss was on a drive to maybe get it within 10 or 7 or something like that, and they threw a pick. Threw a Corral pick. threw a pick. This was after the fight and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's walking out, and he's just kind of – He's not speaking directly at me and my mother because we sat by old Miss fans and they were lovely. They were they were fantastic people. Well, you know how to y'all know how to act. Yeah. In, in an enemy field environment. hundred percent. You know, we weren't there to we were there to root our team on. Mm-hmm. Every time State did good, I cheered, and every time they didn't, I sat out. You know, um, but he was screaming stuff about recruiting in our general area. He wasn't directing at us, but he could tell he was like screaming it and wanting to hear it. Well. I thought it was kind of funny because he was drunk and he was mad that he lost. And I just looked at my mom and I started kind of giggling. I was like, that dude's so mad. And he turns to me and he's like, oh, you think that's funny? And I, of course, as as uh, more mature, you didn't five, tell six, him seven F-U? years ago, I'd have just swung. 11-year-old Mac would cussed him. Yeah. And 24, 5-year-old Mac would have just hit him. Right. He deserved it, probably. But he, uh, you know, he... He screamed in my face and that yada, yada, yada. And, of course, I was calm. I was like, man, relax. And he then he started trying to get some machismo about him, and he had his dad with him, and his dad was an older man. Kind of gave me that you want to go type of thing. Mm. And I, I, in the did, I, I didn't want to go. It's a bad idea. I had my mom with me, man. Yeah. Well, then he just kept on. He kept getting closer and closer. Well, at this point, I'd taken my big puffy jacket off. Of course. And I was like. Because you don't want blood on your jacket. Well, and I was just kind of like, look, dude, the game's over. You need to chill. You need to get out of here. And he kept saying, let's, you know, let's take it out here. Let's take it out here. I said, dude, I'm not moving. I said, if you need to do something, do it. And at this point, I can feel my mother. You got to let her tell you Mm -hmm. this because she's probably got a different perspective. But she's grabbing (laughs) the back of my shirt. She's like, Mac, no, 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 no. Because she could tell I was visibly You're about to kick this guy's ass. Pretty much. And he was a lot smaller than me. Not that that would have mattered, but but I was mad enough at this point to where I didn't you care You look at him like Debo, you want some of this too, old man? Yeah. No. Well, then his – that was what I was – his dad was like – he chimed in at me, and I'm sitting here at this point back to mature like, no, dude, you should be corralling your son and getting him out of here. You shouldn't be saying anything to me. I looked at him, and this was the fiery coach competitor in me. I said, hey, buddy, won't you put a leash on your dog? And at this point, dude starts putting stuff in his pockets. I take a step down. My mom's going, no, no. <laughs> well, finally, there was a very, very reasonable older Ole Miss fan gentleman behind him that just kind of pushed him out and just said, get out of here. And I said, I was like, and of course, I'm still boiling. Just you know. mm-hmm. And finally, he was like, man, I ain't, I ain't no need that. I was like, we're good, dude, all good. All good. 
But they didn't know he was messing with. Well, and I, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. That's the thing, man. But but it just it, but that's what I'm getting at is is there's no reason this should be like that. Yeah, it's, and it's not that big a deal, especially this year. Mm-mm. A lot bigger deal to state fans. <laughs> so is. I'm speaking more to state fans yeah. when I say this. Ole Miss wins this game, which right now, as on paper, I think they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know if you can stop John Rice Perlman. They rushed for 400 yards against the number one team in the country. 600 total yards. I, I, you know, I know rivalry game. You can throw all that stuff out the yeah. window. We can't stop y'all, but y'all might not be able to stop us either. Momentum's on Ole Miss' side. It right is. Now. If they win, state fans act right. Yeah, you were disappointed. You know, the the whole theme for the past year and a half has been mad at Joe Moorhead. If you got anger directed, anger you know directed to him. It's kind of like when Houston Nutt lost. 100%. It was a necessary evil. Like, do we want him gone? Well, if we yeah. want him to lose, I mean, if we want him gone, he's got to lose. You know yeah. what I mean? And if he's got to lose, and you want him gone, then there's no reason to act like an idiot after the game. Just you know, be happy about it because now you're gonna get a new coach. Yeah, you I mean, know? y'all wanted Sylvester Croom gone. You took a kicking in the egg bowl, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the 45-nothing year? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lord, that, yeah. that ended it. You know what I that mean? Was like, it. That was it. It was fired the next morning. The next morning. You know, and that's, you know. And I don't ever want to see coaches get fired over a rivalry game. I think that's ridiculous. But, but you know, this rivalry is getting to the point to where it's talked on a national level of toxicity. Yeah. Even Alabama-Auburn, and there's some real hatred there. But it, 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 it's I'll tell you why I think it's gotten toxic, Brian. Alabama and Auburn are traditionally really good. Yeah. So it hurts them more to lose than it does lose to Alabama. State and Ole Miss fans don't want to lose to State and Ole Miss. Yeah, and you know, this is going to – speaking to the demographic of the fan. So, for instance, Alabama's fans are viewed – and this is just me speaking in generalities here. Alabama fans are viewed as, you know, your, your Walmart shopping, rednecks. They're 85 percenters. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're termed is 85 percent. Yeah. 85 percent of Alabama fans, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about – or you're just bandwagon, grew up in the southeast, yep. ain't got nobody to root for, ain't got a high school degree, they're yep. going to go for Bama. Yep. And you got your Auburn fans. And Auburn traditionally is not as good of a football program as Alabama. Correct. But they are some elitists. You got a lot of doctors, lawyers. And most Auburn fans corner. went to Auburn. They did. They did. You know, that's the difference. They did. So, which kind of so is what I'm getting at here. Um, Alabama is better than Auburn. Auburn's folks are like really viewed as high class and esteemed so sure. it's like they don't want to get too muddy there there's like a respect Ole Miss Mississippi State are viewed very similarly in the national eye even though it's wrong correct Ole Miss we're viewed as elitist and doctors in the law school and Mississippi State is viewed as farmers yeah vets but that's not know. the case we're all it's the not. same but yeah. what I'm saying is but I think the fans themselves forget that uh, absolutely and what I mean is you got doctors and lawyers and People who go to Mississippi State who think they're inferior or viewed as inferior by Ole Miss. And we have people at Ole Miss who are like myself or college dropouts and didn't do anything who thinks I am superior to right. state fans. And we have no ground for that. Right. And that's what makes it worse. State fans feel like, oh, man, they think we're just redneck, trailer trash, blah, blah, blah. Right. And Ole Miss, thing, well, oh, we're just snooty old, blah, blah, blah. And both are the same. We're all the exact same people. You know what I mean? Like, mm. really, in this state. You know, the people who aren't like us are the people who come to school from out of the state. That's 100% You right. could just change the polo shirt, McKinley, not, not, and, and you're an Ole Miss fan. I mean, oh, you know what I mean? Put, put, put the, I wore Mississippi State toboggan the other night. You did? I fit right in. I'm just saying, like, you couldn't tell the difference. So, I, I agree with you. The guys, we're all the same. We're, yeah. We all, I mean, at the end of the day, we need to hope somebody gets on a, the playing field with the Alabamas and people like that right. so our state can compete. 
Well, and it's going to take that to – it's going to take somebody getting really dominant for a little while mm-hmm. and the other one being fed up with it. Yeah. That's how Auburn got good. That's how they got good. Young man by the name of Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. When Bear Bryant told him that he wouldn't play him as a freshman. Yep. Well, would Pat die? Pat died. just called him the next night and said, hey, buddy, I'll play you tomorrow. Yep. That him and – I mean, <laughs> you the, know. Auburn – I've always thought Auburn has had the better talent, talents, the better players. Individual. Yeah, yeah and, and Bama's always had the better team. Yeah. Better coaches. I mean, Bear Bryant's better coach than Pat Dye. Sure. I mean, Nick Saban's better coach than Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Gus Malzahn does a good job. I think yeah. he's going to be the next coach in Arkansas, by the way. But anyway, the Egg Bowl this year, just to kind of wrap it up, um, I like Ole Miss to win. I do too. A weird game because y'all wanted our place, and I feel like it's kind of cyclical like that. There's been a lot of that in, in yeah. recent history, uh, winning it on the road. Home field advantage really hadn't been a big deal. Like uh, the team with the better players usually wins. As a matter of fact, Brian, I think maybe the last four or five have all been decided by the ro- the road team has been the winner. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the one that kind of I remember recently that, of course, you know, the one where the Rebels defeated Dak. You know what I mean, and then the that one, one hurt. and then the one the year before where y'all forced the fumble with Bo, that one hurt us. I mean, like yeah. th- there's never an easy ending. No. There's never a twenty-one seventeen oh ho hum win. It's like yeah. something happens every time. Last you know, year it was the fight. Yeah, I mean, there, there's year before it was uh, DK pissing in the end zone and breaking Nick's leg. Yeah, well, Bre- Breland Speaks did that, right? Yeah. Was that him? It's crazy thinking about. That is such a good point, and I never really rationalized there's always, that. There's always there's something. always something crazy I mean, that happens w- in the end. One year you started Keaton, and you came in and won. Right? Didn't you no, start? he was the, he almost came back and won. That was when Nick's leg broke. Did, did y'all have a backup defeatist a few years ago? Damian Williams That's started the one I'm place. thinking well, of. But, but Tyler played. Russell was hurt. Okay. Dak started the previous five games and was on fire. That's right, yeah. But he had the nerve damage. Damian Williams started the game, couldn't move but the ball. Dak won but Dak the game. came in yeah. the end yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have always got stuff like that. Always. I mean, you mean the throwback pass. You know, you got um, forty I mean, five nothing. Pagies. There's always there's something. But I, before before we move on to some more real Thanksgiving, I got to tell you something. When you were telling that story about Tommy Tuberville going for two, my friend Derek Vandegrift, who Jared Vandegrift's his brother Derek, who is the biggest Ole Miss fan that I know, he tells that story. Like, I can't even describe how awesome it is. The way he just describes Tommy Tuberville sitting there and looking at his sheet and just putting them two fingers out there. I, and I'm the look you. on Jackie Sherrill's face is going like, you mean like total There's panic. no way Jackie thought he was going for No, that. that's what he said. Like, it was just common knowledge. He's just going to go for one kick it. And he 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 talks about Tommy Tuberville like so nonchalant, just kind of like two. And then like the look of panic directly across was just like, Trying to find the right personnel and just just couldn't make it happen. That's a really good story. I always man, I love that. But anyway, keep it civil this year. This keep is this is a game that that has been. You know, you think uh, we talk about the Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama. This game's been more eventful than it. Oh, Not yeah. in terms of having national implications, but the Egg Bowls have been more fun. The only thing I can remember about an Alabama Auburn game that was more fun than any of the Ole Miss Egg Bowls recently was the kick six. The kick six. That's it. I was coming back from a basketball game at Corinth when that kick six happened. And we, yeah. were, we were playing somewhere up there, and I remember that. You, I couldn't even tell you the score of an iron, an, another Iron Bowl or mm. who won. Or I know Auburn won five or six straight when Tuberville was there. Yeah. Then Saban came in and won like eight in yeah, a row. He, he ended the uh, – that was like the year with Dennis Francione and Shula. Yeah. That was them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then you got the kick six, Cam Newton. Yeah. But but there's never – the kick six was – kick six is the outlier in that game. Yeah. If you ask any Auburn-Alabama fan, the most memorable moment, they all agree. 
It's the kick six. I feel like that game almost – the Ole Miss game never goes to script. I feel like the Iron Bowl somewhat goes to script. It does. Better team wins. If Alabama's going to be in the national championship, they used to win. State, state, For example, Brian, I think Auburn wins this year. Yeah. It's in Auburn. Yeah. Who is not playing? And Alabama can't really. Gus has got the pressure from the Yellowwood guy. There's nothing Bama can do other than you know. I wish the Yellowwood guy would walk in with that yellow cowboy hat on and that shirt. You know what I mean? The guy in the commercial oh, wears with a piece to, of lumber on. Trying to fire Gus Malzahn like that. <laughs> How cool would it be if he just got on the sideline? Just is like like he's standing next to the AD and is like, all right, here we are. What I would do if I was Gus Malzahn, if I'm winning that that Iron Bowl, and say say you're up two scores, the clock's ticking down. And I know I'm going to Arkansas. I might reach over and put on a big old yellow cowboy cap. You know what I mean? Just, Yo, just throw some shade. Screw you. I'm yes. out of here. Yeah, for sure. We better be careful what we wish for because he, he could put Arkansas back on the map. And that just makes it more tough. Because Auburn is just one good hire from like a Mike Norvell away oh, from, from maybe being a little bit better. And they're better. always going to be a little better than State and Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, what we don't need is Arkansas. You know, we don't need A and M to actually become a real power with Jimbo. You know, what I mean, we need we need him to leave. We talk about the trends, Brian, and this is so state and Ole Miss. It hurts because neither of us are ever going to be one head and shoulders above the other. You know, I think mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Even the year y'all were one, we were three. I, I know. <laughs> you know, and, and I, again, that one hurt just because y'all kept us out of the playoff. We did. We win that game. We stay at four. You're welcome. I know. For what it's worth, probably saved us from some embarrassment. <laughs> I think we'd have matched up with Notre Dame, oh, and even man. though Alabama just housed Notre Dame, they probably would have housed State. Well, you know, you'd, you'd have been happy to be there. Oh yeah, you know, I would have taken Manti Teo's girlfriend at that game for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, State got embarrassed in the Orange Bowl by Georgia Tech. Yeah. Anyway, so Paul, you know, Paul it, Johnson doing this thing. Oh Lord, the name I'll never forget: Sinjin Days on the on the <laughs> for eight yards. Sinjin Days for twenty-two yards. Sinjin Days. All right, guys, let's figure one thing out. Let's figure out how to stop singeing days, make them do something else. And these are the days of our lives. <laughs> yeah. But, no, uh, man, I'm excited. Um, I hate that you've never been to start for an Egg Bowl. Uh, I want to make that I've been to a lot you. of games there, but never been for an Egg Bowl. Let me tell you this. Can't go this year, but I can. I can. Well, moving forward, when we get that opportunity again, I'd like for you to go. And, and one thing, I've always had the luxury to go when I go to Oxford is going with a good friend of yeah. mine that's an Ole Miss fan. To keep any kind of riffraff out, or my mom, I might can get you in the box up, upstairs. Yeah, oh, that'd be Bl- awesome. Blue Delta got some clout like that. Nice. <laughs> you can wear your Blue Delta jeans. I can. Uh, I can get you on the forty-eight, <laughs> sixty rows up and start. Oh, pretty good real estate. <laughs> but no, uh, man, I, I, I'm I'm excited. It's it's fun. I'm indifferent if whether yeah. this is a really sad day for me to say this. It's not going to make my day one way or the other if State wins or loses. I hope we win as a Rebel fan. If we don't win, it's okay. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not to be, I'm not expecting a win. This is not like we're you, – you're, you're not keeping us out of Atlanta? To the average Ole Miss fan, you don't have to win this game. The one thing that is being spoken about, a win puts you at five and seven if you're the Rebels, right? Or if you win this week. Well, they're off. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if, they, if they win, they're, they're off. Right yeah, if they win, they're five and seven. Correct. Now – whether you like it or not, not, not you, but in, people in particular, the Rebels have an outside chance of getting a bowl game with a 5-7 and seven with their graduation 38 rate. APR. Yeah, with their APR. And I'll be honest with you, as we were talking about this, this is crazy, it just popped up on my screen above your head on the WTBA news. They're 38 in APR and have, it said underneath them, must win Egg Bowl. If they win the Egg Bowl, I mean, uh, 
Duke's four and eight mm-hmm. or four and six. You know, like they're going to catapult. It'd be hilarious teams. to beat Duke out with all those smart guys and David Cutcliffe. That's crazy, right? That's the small world. How you have a better APR than <laughs> – and it'd be David Cutcliffe of all people. I know the classes we're taking. I know the classes they're taking. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that could happen. And, and whether you agree with it or not, man, anytime you're a college football program and you get the extra month for practice for your young guys – and you can play redshirted guys then. I'm thinking bowl games. I think I think the redshirt rule is done, right? Yes. As far as bowl you, games go. They're able to go through the practices during all the yeah. extra stuff and, and I, have recruits in. And I feel like the the bowl game will be the final audition for the Matt Corral transfer. Yeah. Well, and, and, and this is actually – I mean, just the last thing I'll say about this. As an Ole Miss fan, you have to ask yourself, do you really want to win this Egg Bowl? Because if you do win this Egg Bowl, you do get that APR bump. You go to the – St. Peter's Bowl, like Staten mm-hmm. did a couple years ago, at five and seven, finished six and seven. <laughs> a lot of Ole Miss fans don't want Matt Luke anymore. I like Matt Luke. I think yeah. he's fine. And I, then if you're a state fan, on the other hand, you win this game, probably saves more heads job and half of the, you know. So I think Luke's boring. Um, but I, I have you met Joe? Yeah. Um, here's the thing about the Ole Miss coaching staff that I can speak about. I, and I've always said this. I don't know. The an over overly large amount of like scheming for football. I mean, I know basics. I mean, I'm a football fan. We get that, but you know, I do also know coaching. So, for instance, when you come out of a quarter, when you call a timeout, they punt the damn football. Somebody should walk down from that top up there, take your clipboard out of your hand, and say for the rest of the game you're banished to the locker room because that's the dumbest thing. I can't tell you how many times this year we've come out of breaks, or we've called a we've got, we've we've had a penalty, oh. and then had to call another timeout to not get a delay a game. Those are the things that are frustrating. I'm okay with what's going on on the field. I'm not going to lie to you because they're trying to win football games. Ole Miss fans bitch about not throwing the football much. We need to throw football more. No, no, no. Need to Ran win for 400 plus yards. Need, need to win. Do whatever it takes to win. You know, um, like we talk about holding the basketball, running the football. They're all the same. It's its to put your team in the best chance to win. And I promise Ole Miss fans, the coaching staff is trying to do what's best to win. They're not trying to keep you and me happy. They're trying to win the football game. So, I don't care if they run it every play. I, re- I really don't mind. That being said, Matt Luke is boring, but I think he needs one more year. I do too. I mean, you give him another year with Plumlee as a sophomore. Ely. Ely. An improved defense. An improved defense. An offensive line that's always kind of getting a little bit better. Another year with McIntyre. And and I don't know. If you're going to keep the same personnel, you need Rich Rod back. If you're not, if if, if, if Plumlee's going to go play baseball and you're going to keep Corral at quarterback, if that was going to happen, you need to look at another area than than Rich Rod. But where I think Ole Miss is messed up, and we can move on back to a little bit of Thanksgiving talk after this, but where I think Ole Miss is messed up, and I can speak about this, as just a guy who has coached before, and just thinking common sense, Plumlee is going to be a pro baseball player, possibly. He has a real Could chance, be. real chance to play on the grass. Okay, and uh, he's at least going to be an all-conference outfielder, possibly. Sure, you know. So, Matt Corral, on the other hand, just plays quarterback for the Ole Miss football team. My thinking is this: I think we should name Corral starter a long time ago, and had Plumlee in every package. You know what I mean? And sometimes taking Corral off the field and let Plumlee run, you know, his own package. But I think we should have named Corral the quarterback, starting quarterback, because here's why. If Plumlee goes and has a great year at baseball, who's to say he comes back out? Also, he's playing baseball. You know, he's not in the, he's not in the field house full time. Corral is, is a quarterback. He's in the field house the whole time. He doesn't play baseball. And if he leaves, 
what does the quarterback room look like? That's what I'm getting at. I don't think Plumlee's going Plumlee's not going anywhere. But Corral could. And I think if you had a candid conversation with Matt and be like, hey man, look, here's the deal. We're gonna make you the man. He's gonna be on the field, but he's gonna make you better. He's gonna let you get the ball to him. Right. You're not gonna have to try to fit the ball into these little windows, tight windows down the field. We're just gonna let you toss this thing over to him. We're gonna let you do some more blah blah blah. I think we'd have been better off. But now the way I think that the coaching staff has handled it, we've kind of put all our eggs in the plumley basket, which is probably where it was gonna go anyway. Right. But I don't think we need to make it so obvious. I think we should have at least gotten to the spring and let them hash it out. Now I think as soon as the Egg Bowl's over, I think you're going to hear Matt Corral's in the transfer portal. That's just my thinking. Well, on the other – and this is the last thing I'll say on yeah. this too. Before we I mean, you get where I'm talking about there, right? I mean, 100%. I mean, I mean because maybe I, you could I have bought yourself a little time. on the opposite. If you're Joe Moorhead and you got people mad at you right now. You Ooh, brought they this are cat mad in. Them. It's a fifth-year senior from Penn State, and he has not lived up to any kind of remote billing so far. And then you got this guns blazing freshman who is will put it on the line every play, mm-hmm. kind of like Plumley. Mm-hmm. But you know, in other He's words, state fans love Garrett Schrader, and they don't like Tommy Stevens. Now I'm like you, play whoever gives us the best chance mm-hmm. to win. But when I watch the product on the field, it looks selfish from a perspective of Joe Moorhead in terms of, I've said this for two years and I will not back away from it. Last year, Joe Moorhead should have run 90% of Dan Mullen's offense mm-hmm. and 10% of his. Yep. This year, he should have ran 65% of Dan Mullen's offense, 30. 35% of his. And then maybe my next year start to swing the pendulum to what he wants to do. I agree. Because the personnel, when he tries to do it with Stevens, it does not work. Mm-mm. You can't run with Stevens. I know he ran for 90 yards against yeah, Bama because that's what they gave him. You know, yeah. it was like, you know, we, this guy ain't going to You score. do it enough. Right. Yeah. You know, we're going to keep scoring, so why do we care if this guy runs for 15-yard chunk plays? They're just going to wind up kicking a field goal. But you've got Garrett Schrader. What you don't want, and what's lost in all this before we go into the next part, is what happened to Keaton Thompson. Mm-hmm. That I will never understand. I will never grasp that. Kid almost brought State back in the Egg Bowl. Said he was only a running quarterback, kind of like Plumlee, threw for 300-plus yards against Ole Miss. It was not, not a slide against Ole Miss's defense. They gave up a bunch of yards that year. But 300 yards is 300 yards, and I can speak it's to that. It's hard to do on an empty field. Well, he did that as a true freshman that game. State almost came back and won that game. He turns around and goes to the Gator Bowl, beats Lamar Jackson in Louisville, throws for another 300 yards. NFL around. MVP Lamar Jackson, might I add. My point being, that's the guy you could have played some last year. You played Fitzgerald, and I love Fitzgerald. I thought he laid it on the line every play. But you tried to make Fitzgerald something he wasn't. This year, you had a clear-cut opportunity to play Keaton. And do, like I said, 65 Mullen. He had a year. You know, he had Fitzgerald's year to teach Keaton all he wanted about this RPO, you know, read the safety instead of the linebacker offense. But instead of that happening, Keaton doesn't play. And now he will be gone. So my biggest concern – I think he would do good at a school like a Middle Tennessee State. Oh, my God, he'd light it up. Yeah. He'd probably get drafted. Really good, yeah. But now you look look ahead. What does Mississippi State's quarterback room look like next year? Just Garrett Schrader. It's Garrett Schrader. Nobody behind him. Whereas that could have been Keaton as a senior. Red-shirted Schrader. And then he's got a full yep. year to learn it. And then by year three, Schrader knows it. You're right. 
So yeah, I think we have a uh, Kincaid Dent. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, kid, Jackson G- Prep, I think. Prep kid, yeah. 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 Is he Prep or J A or one, I think, one of those I think he might have went to Prep with uh, Ely, right? That sounds about right. I think he might have. Yeah, yeah. But it's what know, they call in this part of the world a package deal. Hmm. So that probably tells me <laughs> that we don't want that guy playing if he's the package deal with Jerry. I'm Ely. just. I'm not saying that's 100 percent true. I'm just saying it could be true. Yeah. Speaking of old quarterbacks from Ole Miss, I made a pair of pants for Ryan Buchanan the other day. Nice. Yeah, cool. Just to see his name. Very cool. Some event we did at the Country Club of Jackson. Ah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Pretty nice very place. regal. Yeah, very, very regal. Steve, a, Lord Stephen Regal. That's not, a nice not, place. Not, not a place I can get a pinch of Copenhagen. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, well, wrapping up the Egg Bowl, um, I look forward to you going down there and let me know how. This will be number 29? This is 30. I'm 34. Yes, be number 29. Man, that's awesome. You have to let me know how it goes. Get some oh, good picks for us. Um, I guess to wrap up the whole Thanksgiving pod, I want to ask you this real quick, and this is always kind of – one thing I love, and we like to talk food here. Oh, and I got to bring back folks back, back to food. Tell me your perfect Thanksgiving meal. Oh, Brian, and tell me the movie you watch for the 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 holidays. You're going to be kind of blown away by this. I watch two movies during Thanksgiving. Okay, I don't have a movie during Thanksgiving, and I know one that you're going to say because it's. The only. It's a Thanksgiving movie. One that I always think about. Beethoven. (laughs) (laughs) Of the 10,000 movies that you could have said that are in your wall back then. I'll tell you why. I may have it up here somewhere on VHS. But the cover of the the, The the first Beethoven is is James Groden pulling a turkey leg and Beethoven trying to steal it off the table. That's right. And the setting of the movie is around Thanksgiving, so I always think about it. And I don't watch it every Thanksgiving, but when I think don't of Thanksgiving movies. Don't you lie to movies, me. When I think, I don't. <laughs> but when I think of Thanksgiving movies, I do think of that. Right. And, of course, one of the ones you're going to say, I'm going to save that for you, too. So yeah. So, so, what uh, about your food now? I know you like good food. Okay. You like me. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all this, but I've got some rapid fire for you real okay. quick to say this. Ham or turkey? <clears throat> okay. Traditionally, ham. Now, if it's deep fried turkey, I like deep fried turkey over ham. But now, if it's, if you just regular old baked ham like Grandma would normally do it in the oven, or or ham, I mean baked turkey or ham, ham. Okay, yeah, I'm a ham guy. Okay, I mean yeah, but now, but now I am a big fan of the deep fried turkey. I like it better than ham. I, for for me to enjoy, I, there have been years where I skip turkey, and I'll tell you why. It almost takes it deep fried or like blackened or mm-hmm. Cajun smoked or whatever for it to be tender and moist. You're, you're right. Yeah. I cannot stand a bite of dry turkey. I cannot stand it. Turkey and dressing, chicken and dressing. Mm, see, man, my grandma will be upset. I like chicken and dressing. I do too. <laughs> see, it's, I think it's just more smooth. It's yeah, more yeah. creamier. You know, whatever. Now, I like turkey dressing. Oh, I do too. I do too. Um, my perfect meal. Traditional Thanksgiving, slice of ham, uh, deviled egg or two, sweet potato casseroles a must. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite Thanksgiving. Yeah, item, sweet potato. The crunchy top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. cr- crunchy top or marshmallow top. I'm marshmallow top. I'm a crunchy top. Okay, I like them both, but I prefer I do marshmallow. Too. I do too. And if somebody could ever come up with one where you could get the crunchy and the marshmallow, call me, please. Because you know that top that crust, and then they yeah. do marshmallows over it. But I think there's an issue with that. Like you can't do it because it. The marshmallow will seep down, and you won't get the marshmallow. Mess up, you know, the, yeah. Because it's good enough in its own right. My mother, long time ago, you get a kick out of this. 
we started doing untraditional Thanksgiving and Christmas meals 10 years ago. This started with me taking a dump at her house, thumbing through her Southern Living magazines. Okay. So one year, I went to my mom after taking a dump <laughs> at the house, at my parents' old, old house in Plantersville. I said, Mom, you think you could make this? Yeah, probably. Let's have it for Thanksgiving. No, or let's have it for Christmas. No, you know, I'm not, you know, we're going to have it. Well, we did it. It was shrimp and cheese grits. Okay. That was our main dish for Thanksgiving. We also did goat cheese bread pudding, uh, green beans and shallots with, I think, Italian dressing on them. They're onions, right? Yeah, like little bitty onions. But we uh, we made so many, like, different, like, little things that I got just leafing through women's cooking magazines while taking a dump. So now every Christmas or Thanksgiving, my mom will make some sort of meal in that capacity. That's cool. So. That's cool. Well, I would say um, I like, like you said, I'd give me give me a slice of the good ham. Um, Grandma Loach's world famous dressing. Man, it's so good. Oh, man, yeah. Um, cranberry or no cranberry? Uh, cranberry on the side. You you scoop down on that dressing and then you dip a little. Yep, I don't like, I don't right. like mixing it up. Nice. I like cranberry on the side. It's a fan. We those got people this. are psycho. They the are ones crazy. that take that cranberry and just swirl yeah, it into their. Yeah, those, those people need help. <laughs> but, um, and uh, man, I love I love macaroni and cheese in a casserole dish where it's kind of cr- oh. cr- cr- crunchy with the crunchy onions yeah, on yeah. it or something. Well, like the breadcrumbs or something. Yeah, yeah don't, don't put no onions in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm not a fan of green bean casserole. I love it. It's good, but it, like I, I just really have green beans, you know. Um, I like sweet potato uh, casserole with the, with the marshmallows, as we said. My grandma, she always made a cranberry casserole. It was like pretzels and Ooh. Cool Whip and some other stuff. Oh, it man. was really good. Sounds good. The orange fruit salad's always great. Oh, yeah. But uh, if you if you said, Brian, you get to have one thing on Thanksgiving as your, that, you, that you, I'm going to let you have, and it's got to be a part of your meal. I cannot do without sausage balls. Oh, I love them. My grandma, which passed down to my Aunt Brenda, they make the, what I think are the best sausage balls on the planet. And they'll have a plate of them there. And I will literally get them by the handfuls. Like, not one or two. Like, everybody let's get one or two. I will go by and, like, get one handful and then get another and walk with two handfuls of sausage balls. I love them I so love much. It. I love them. And then my dessert. Man, I love coconut and I love chocolate pie. And I love coconut cake. You I'm give me one of those man. three. Coconut man. Co- coconut. I'm I like the chocolate chess too. Chocolate, yeah, chess pie. But um, I will say this: I think pecan pie is overrated. Very. I like the inside of the pecan pie more than the pecans. I cannot tell you how many times I've had this conversation, <laughs> Brian. Do you know what the secret to a good pecan pie is? This is going to blow your mind. Eggs erroneous. What are we talking about here? Cairo syrup. I love Cairo syrup. But have you ever had it? Outside of a pecan pie, not that I know of. That's my point. The only purpose. Well, I will say, one time in my life, I was, I was, college poverty, and I made pancakes and didn't have syrup to put caro. But I put caro syrup. It was good. It's it was actually very thick and delicious. Very good. (laughs) But but. I, I say Wish that. You see my face talking about how good that carrot syrup was. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, I think pecan pie is overrated. I really do. And I tell you, the ones that are like runnier mm-hmm. are not near as good as the ones that are like 
solidified pecan pie. You know, like yeah. it's got the Cairo solidified. They're like gelatinous, more yeah, right than gelatinous. I Gelatinous. Yeah. That's a great, great word. Um, but I'm with you. I, I'm a coconut man. Mm-hmm. The best coconut cakes. The pies. I mean, I'm a coconut pie guy. Coconut too. pie with a meringue. Toasted with a meringue with toasted coconut on top. Oh my gosh, Brian. But the, for those um, of you listening, you're welcome. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but the coconut cake where they do the three, like the three base yellow yeah. cakes, they baste all that coconut frosting around and then hit it with a with the shredded, then do another layer, mm-hmm. then another layer, then another layer. And they, somewhere they got condensed milk poured on there and make oh, it moist. Oh my gosh. I like coconut cake anytime. Man, I know too. Man, for sure. We need to hit up Strange Brew and see if they got some kind of coconut something. We holler at them. Seriously, they'll do something. I guarantee. Like, I could probably walk in there and be like, "Hey, can I get a toasted coconut latte with some?" Let's talk about your coconut menu. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have this in a sugar? Sir, we don't have. That's not what I asked. Well, now you do. (laughs) But no, yeah, I would pretty much say like if you could give me some um, some turkey dressing, some mac and cheese. Some sausage balls and a good piece of coconut cake or pie. Maybe cho- I like chocolate pie with a Cool Whip. Oh, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Do you do peas? We do English peas, but I don't eat them. Okay. I mean, they're there. I mean, I I just don't. I mean, there's so many other. So good you're foods. not a guy that does dollop of mashed potatoes, English pea bird no. nest in the middle. I'm that guy. I have a cousin. Who, I have a cousin who only eats uh, chicken strips. I know a guy like that. So I, my, and they, so they always get him Chick Fil A every year for Thanksgiving. Just bring him a big old platter, cousin Lonnie. Huh? Yeah. Hmm. Missing out. He's really missing out. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's that's that's. I love Thanksgiving, man. And Me it, too. It, it, like I said, it's a very underrated holiday. It's um, it's one that I feel like we take full advantage of the entire holiday because we get off on that Wednesday, we start cooking. Yes. You enjoy a lot of times. I ain't gonna lie. I make Wednesday night a party. Yeah. While we're cooking, you know, we're having drinks, doing whatever. Uh, and then it leads into Thursday, which is all of the Thanksgiving and all the football. That's, and that so spills good. over into Friday, which we're always off and we're always shopping. I so, love Black Friday. Man, I do too. Something people don't know about me. It, it, tell me, why do you love Black Friday? You like the deals, don't you? I like getting up early and doing it. Well, it's fun. I just, I'm going to tell you this. It's a kind of a thing we used to do, you know, so, my mom and I. This is like, I was like fresh out of college, like 08, 09, something like that. And I've never been Black Friday shopping in my life. Right. And I'm with my buddy Will, and we're both home for Thanksgiving, obviously. And he was like, dude, I want to go to Dick's and see what they've got at, or, you know, what, or go to Old Navy. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, honest to God. Old truth, Navy had some good deals. The first time I ever went to Black Friday, we literally just went to see what it was all about. Because, you know, you see the videos, viral video, right. you know, you're like, I got to go here. I got to see all these people storm this store or whatever. Well, one year. I te- you know, I text him on on Thursday night after the ball game, and I was like, "Hey, dude, let's go do it." And he's like, "Well, I don't even know what time to get up." You know, this is this is really almost before the modern times of the internet, right. where they put everything out there. So yeah. we're like, I was like, "All right, what do we do?" He was like, "Man, I think we're just supposed to get there at like four or five o'clock in the morning and just see what happens." You were probably late. Well, the problem is, is we stayed up. Oh, so I text him at like ten o'clock. I was like, "We're good." I was like, "All right, what time am I coming to pick you up?" So our our plan was to go to the mall. But I had a plan in my head. I'm like, all right, I'm not going straight down Gloucester. That's where all the traffic will be. So what I did was I went and picked him out up at St. Andrews, got on McCullough, and then took the trace all the way to Beach Springs Road and came yeah. back through 145. It was perfect. It was still traffic, but we didn't get the – well, you could look down and see red lights. Right. We pulled into Dick's, and we didn't buy one single thing. Oh. But we went in there with about 
300 people and just it was crazy but now i've gained an appreciation for it and like as a single man on a budget if i can find a deal that i like you'll do it i'll get up friday morning three or four o'clock in the morning and go right over and go do something but now it takes the fun out of it because they're black friday deals right now and you can buy everything on the internet too yeah, you know brutal. Money. but I, I remember i got two fun stories before we wrap it up uh well, one is more of a tradition thing. My mother and her three sisters, my grandmother, would all get together once we finished eating the Thanksgiving meal. Back then, this was in the 90s, you know, and they would all get the sales catalogs from all the Walmarts, Sears, JCPenney's, the Hickory Ridge Mall, Wolf Chase, and they would map out, all right, look, the sale starts at Walmart at 4, so we need to get to Walmart to get these three things. And then we're going to get from there, and we're going to go over here to Circuit City. And they open at six, and we got to make sure we get these three things. And they would all like map it That's out. That's so awesome. And they'd be home by noon with all their Christmas shopping. Yeah. Done. And then uh, the the other funny thing this is more of a. <laughs> it's funny because you have to know the setting. Nineteen ninety three. Good year. The uh, Raleigh Springs Mall in Memphis. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was a KB Toy Store there, and before the days of real Toys R Us. And I don't remember what toy was at the Raleigh Springs Mall, but it was the only place in Memphis that was carrying this toy. And my younger brother, John, just had to have whatever this toy was from Santa Claus. Spoiler alert. If you have children listening to this podcast, right now is the time you should probably cut it down. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. At this time, I did not know Santa Claus was not real. (laughs) So, I'm sitting in the car and... They're about to go shopping, and I was like, what y'all going in there for? And Lisa was like, uh, we got to get, and she spelled out whatever the toy was because John was too young to, like, really spell. She was like, we got to get a blank, 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 blank from from uh, from so-and-so. And I was like, oh, okay. And she looked at me, and she goes, this is from Santa Claus. I was like, how do we know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And she looked at me like I was dumb. She was like, Brian, I mean, you know. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like in agony for the next seven hours. So, yeah. So anyway, she goes into KB, and I remember mad at her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You. Thank you. Broke my heart. Dad, you married this woman. I'm thinking it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her because she gave us John, Madison, and Corey. But anyway, um, she goes to the KB toy store, and she's trying to get the last one of these toys. And another person who would be shopping at the Raleigh Springs Mall also got a, the toy, and this person was trying to get this one and Lisa was trying to get this last one. And anyway, this person got the toy. And Lisa made the comment. Well, what do you ex- Mayor of Memphis was newly elected Willie Harrington at the time. Mm-hmm. She said, "What do you expect up here in Willie's world?" My father turned away and walked out of that KB toy store in the Raleigh Springs Mall. It's all hell broke loose around my stepmother. He just walked out and sat right there on one of them benches. And I remember him sitting there. And, I mean, it was hair pulling, fist flying. And I remember asking my father, so why did you go sit out there? He goes, she gets what she deserves on this one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I remember him saying, I'll never go Black Friday shopping again. He never did. That was, like, in the early 90s. I remember that. Crazy. I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real, and my stepmom got her ass beat over a toy in the KB Toy Store. In a span of about 30 minutes. Yeah. Like I said, she she, she, wow. she got what she deserved for that one. Wow. But anyway, but that was my Friday story, so. Unreal. <laughs> well, it's been fun. It's, man, I, I, I'm I not going to lie. I could talk holidays with oh, you. Oh, I know that. 
I, I prefer when the holidays and the sports intermingle like this Ooh, does, for sure. man. And then we got another big one coming up, too. There's a reason for the season. For sure. For sure. There's a lot of things going on. I'm excited. Well, uh, we don't know when we'll get together. This will be our, our big-time Thanksgiving Egg Bowl pod. We hope you enjoy it. Um, next time we get together, we'll probably be wrapping up football college circuit. Talking know. some things we really know about, some hoops. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about things that. you really know about. Man. I'll be here. I'm here for the ride. I, I'm going to say this. I'm old enough to ride. McKinley this ride. sells his hoops knowledge short, and it's kind of like I watch uh, Sports Center. Well, I'll say this: the X's and O's, and actual maybe strategies and stuff of that. Like McKinley might not be as in tune with. It's like me with the football, but there is nobody who knows more high school basketball players teams <laughs> than you i mean like i mean for instance you could talk about mississippi state basketball we talk pro basketball so don't sell yourself short with the basketball talk i'm gonna need you to carry me a couple times well i'm here for it one set of footprints i'm gonna need you to carry me <laughs> for sure. anyway well folks we sure appreciate you listening um we'll have this linked up pretty soon love you folks tell you folks you love them friends family on thanksgiving there's a reason for everybody to be thankful for something we're thankful for you and we are most certainly thankful for you for as our listeners. But uh, you can catch us on Spotify, on Fireside, and Stitcher. Uh, we'll have this on Twitter, which you can find us, obviously, at The Happening Pod. And on Instagram, at Happening Pod. Brian, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We will catch you next time.